the Reds and the Blacks by William Atwood. Mm-hmm. Where is the book? Do we have it? It's right here. So this week we have been, if I could just remind our viewers what we've been talking about, we've been looking at books that uh, were banned in different parts of Africa and why those books were banned. Yeah. Yesterday we started with our very own Gugio Atiogo and we looked at his book Petals of Blood. Yeah. And the book, as we said yesterday, was pointing at the failings of the post-colonial government. Yeah. That is specifically why it, was, uh, it wasn't expressly banned, but it was also not available for uh, sale. And also Gugio Atiogo was thrown into prison for a whole year of detention without uh, trial. So today we are still in Kenya, but we are looking at a book that was not written by a Kenyan, but by the very first American ambassador to Kenya. This is William Hollingsworth Atwood, and the book is The Reds and the Blacks, A Personal Adventure. He wrote this book in 1967, so Atwood is a journalist, an editor, and also a diplomat. Yes. So like many other American ambassadors who come to Kenya, and like his successors thereafter, he got very attached to the country. He even bought, uh, apparently, 50 acres of land in Karen and decided (laughs) that he's going to retire in Kenya. In fact, as he was leaving, President Jomo Kenyatta said to him, I hear you've uh, bought land. Welcome back. We'll make you a citizen and we'll send you back to America as our 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 ambassador. (laughs) (laughs) But that did not happen because he went back to America, the Kimbelembe, I mean, at work. And wrote a, a tell-all yeah. about his experiences um, here in Kenya. Yeah. And so the reason why this book was uh, banned, first yeah. of all, it was the main theme of the book, is how the communists tried to win over the different um, African Ab- absolutely. states, the yes. East, uh, the communists, and the West, and the West yeah. whom yeah. now he represented. This is a time in the 60s where the diplomats' work yeah. was to convince or to endear themselves to the politicians so that they can lean to absolutely to either side. Yes. Remember, they had all said that they are uh, abs- non-aligned. Yes. Yes. But the reason that this book was banned, yeah. in in my view and in my reading, yeah. is that Atwood divulged information that yes. he had acquired in his capacity as a diplomat in private conversations that he had had with the president Jomo Kenyatta and also with Oginga Odinga whom he was uh, close to. He was a Miguna of there. You can can say that and I think that holds true. So two things that that, um, he divulged. One was he talked extensively about the rivalry between Jomo Kenyatta and Oginga Odinga. In fact he even took credit on behalf of America for <laughs> driving yes. Oginga out of, 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 town, of, of, of town yes. and actually out of town because thereafter he suffered the humiliating defeat of yes. being driven out of a parliamentary uh, seat yes. and he also revealed a lot of information about um, the, the, the communist um, Abs- agenda absolutely. as I had said for yeah. instance yes. Yes. in the book he said that Jomo Kenyatta himself yeah. uh, asked him yeah. do you think that Oginga Odinga is going to overthrow me in a coup <laughs> because I think that he may have the support yeah. I think that the the communists are yes uh, are supporting him yes. and then over yeah. and above that yeah. asked Atwood yeah. if America can help him I mean which president wants people to absolutely wants his moments of weakness to be demonstrated to yeah, yeah, yeah. you know to to his people and absolutely. so this is why so the book was banned actually yeah. because the government was angry absolutely at yes. Him. Yes. absolutely and, and, you, and you've got to remember this book actually uh, as you say was published in 60 Yes. Uh, Kenyatta just became president in December of 64. Yes. Mm. So he had barely even begun consolidating Taping. his government. His government. He was actually yeah. prime And there were threats yeah. of mutinies yeah. in yes. the early days. There was shift of There was yes. so, so many much. crises. And on top of that, even in the and region, there was coups. There was just Absolutely. a recent coup in uh, Zanzibar yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. by that time. Absolutely. So yeah. Now, before this man came to 
Kenya. You know he was actually a uh, US ambassador to Conakry, Guinea. Mm. Yes. And then it was said he got a variation of polio, so he came here when he was limping. And yeah. he, he, he got that position by being uh, the speechwriter of J.F. Kennedy during the election. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, my takeaway from this was the, the difference in his view between Francophone and, and, and Anglophone. Anglophone countries. Mm. And he's he seen them different. He said the, 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 the French, the, the Francophone countries and the, and the black Africans, they are constructed to behave like, like, like the French. Yeah, it was the it was a simulation, yeah. and, and here they were very structured. And there's something he said I really want to read, mm -hmm. right? That caught my eye. Mm -hmm. Said the French colonialists tried to develop an elite of black Frenchmen, and the British did not bother. They concentrated on training competent clerks and civil servants. Yeah. The result, as one of my fellow diplomats put it, is that. In a former French colony, mm. the post office may be in shambles, mm -hmm. but the Minister of Communications is a delightful uh, dinner guest. Mm -hmm. Well, in a former British colony, mm -hmm. the post office may be efficient, but the minister is not likely to be such good company. Wow. <laughs> but, but, but that is racism. <laughs> But it is, a, is, it is a compliment, it, it, I think, to the way that the British administered the colonies absolutely. compared to the French. You know? And we, as Anglophone, yeah. are, are way better off compared uh, to France. So he's speaking about the efficiency of the system, but yeah. he's, he's also throwing a, a jab at, <laughs> at yes. the people themselves that <laughs> we do not make a good dinner guest because we are ourselves, because we are not a reflection or a mirror of you. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's exactly where I was going. I was actually yeah. going at, at, at the systems the British left us. Yeah. And I want to say something crazy. I want to say that the British colonial uh, experience mm -hmm. that benefited Kenya to some extent. And uh, when he was in Conakry, uh, things were not happening too, uh, too okay. And he says, when he came to Kenya, uh, mm. uh, so much was different. And he said, that let's not go out, that uh, the, the phone lines worked. And once the uh, steamer was cut, there was a uh, Kalasinga who came to fix it. Mm. But, and, I, and, I was, and, and I want to agree with him. You see, there's this thing called the provincial British, uh, no, the provincial administration yes. given to us by the Brits, which we still have today. Mm -hmm. And in my view, it's one of the most effective and efficient uh, governance systems that we have. Mm -hmm. Now, if we did not have that kind of structure to date, our country would probably look like the countries he's actually talking about. <laughs> ah, I wouldn't agree with you 100% to him because by saying that you're assuming that if they didn't give us structure, we wouldn't have developed our own structure. Number one. And then number two, that phone line that was being fixed <laughs> by the Kalasinga, <laughs> only the Wakungus had it. It, it, it. We weren't um, okay, yes, enjoying yes, it. Yes, yes, actually, yes, yes. He, he described it this way. When he was at uh, Thontree, Thontree is uh, the restaurant at the New Stand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he used to go there and sit at the terrace and he would see Italian tourists and then he says a German tourist is coming out of VWs mm -hmm. and he says I saw Kikuyu's walking out with the briefcases yeah. and I was like wow and then he saw Marseille's walking out with spears yeah. so I mean <laughs> <laughs> how did you know that <laughs> I don't know how he knew but I think I think there was a little bit of progression then. I don't think anything mm -hmm. and everything that was modern was just left to white people. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the African then was was a little bit more advanced. And the, the elite the, African. Uh, yes, Western yeah. African. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, so the, the book, as you said, um, has very interesting highlights yeah. on the on the high politics, the high drama yeah. um, that happened in in the, the, the diplomatic circles around that time. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't even know where to begin with this book because yeah. it's yeah. you know 
okay. uh, reading it, you really get a glimpse yeah. of what was happening across uh, the, the East African uh, belt, yes. mm. uh, all the way from Nairobi to Kinshasa. Yes. And all the struggles that uh, these early diplomats had. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, around this time, beginning 1960, Congo gets independence. Yes. And, you know, and then Kenya gets independence yeah. in 63. Right. And so on and so forth. Yeah. And then all the challenges such as the mutinies and the attempted coups. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, in one chapter, for example, yeah. um, he talks about the Congo crisis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And this is the crisis that took place after Lumumba's assassination. assassination Absolutely. Yes. And so in 1964, uh, Congo is in a serious crisis. So Lumumba was assassinated in 61. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Kasavubu takes over. Yeah. And then Mwashombe uh, uh, yes. rece- uh, yes. succeeds in yes. the Tanga province. Attempts to succeed. Yes. succeed. Yeah. Eventually, he's, he's, he's uh, kicked out. Yes, mm. with with the, with the help of yes. uh, some of the le- leftists and yes. the communists. Yes, um, and so so sixty four is a turbulent time for Congo. Absolutely, and some of the Congolese uh, politicians then come to Nairobi. Yes, yes. and they attempt yes. to get Kenyatta. Yes. to establish a, a peace conference. Absolutely, to, to mediate between the the, the rebels. Yes, and the and the uh, uh, you know the government the of Kasavubu. Yes. yes. And so this is where events take place, and yeah. you know, uh, Jomo Kenyatta yeah. is said to have been a little bit out of his depth in yes. regard mm. to the DRC. Yes. And so the, the you know the story goes that he was uh, to certain extents being manipulated by the Odinga yes. uh, and Oneko camp, who were very leftist. Yes. And so they wanted Kenyatta to side with the rebels. Yes. But then you've got Atwood, yes, who obviously is is pro representing American interests and, American and the government. Yeah. Precisely, and yeah. he's trying to also get Kenyatta to uh, take on a, yeah. a, a completely yes. different approach to yeah. the anti-rebels. Precisely. And so, you know, so it just gives you like that insight into, yeah. at, a, at a very high level insight, yeah. yes, uh, um, into some of those, into the back and forth with some of those negotiations that were going on. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the big takeaways was how, um, you know, right at the top, yeah. amongst the diplomats, amongst the people who run country, yeah. There's a lot of backstabbing that goes on, and he talks about it quite oh, a bit. Yes. There's a lot of deception, yes. um, and you know sometimes you see our leaders on television. They yes. seem very sure of themselves. Yes, but but sometimes <laughs> they're, they're really they're they really don't know not. what they're doing. Okay, yeah. Absolutely, but particularly on matters that are international. Yes, and matters such as this yeah. that had to do with yeah. another country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, those yeah. are some of the reasons why I guess the book. Yeah. Was banned. Ended up being banned because it was re- just revealing too much. Revealing yes. too much. He was highly descriptive. He, he is a give, very, a very good writer. Very I'll good give writer. Him yeah. Yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, you get a lot of information from the book. You, you, you know, you know. There's one thing I've remembered. Uh-huh. Um, when talking about this, I think Atwood is a little bit apologetic about the Americans in Africa, mm. and him talking about how much the U.S. Uh, government gave the U.S. embassy here. It was so meager that every single year they had four thousand five hundred dollars just entertainment yeah, allowance. Yeah, and even when the yeah. Americans had a party, yeah. they had to bring uh, their own hot dogs. It's, it's nonsense, <laughs> and they, they were charging five shillings for every single party <laughs> just 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 to show how much the uh, the, the, the Soviets yeah. were, had gotten money and were pumping money to Dinga and uh, Oneko. I think yeah. uh, there he's being yeah he's filming us. <laughs> so unlike the book that we read yesterday, this yes. one I think was banned for reasons that were not ideo- ideological yeah. or they were not based on principle. Right. So it, the book was banned because it made the ruling elite angry. It revealed their secrets. Yeah, absolutely. And embarrassed, book, them. and embarrassed them. Yeah. Googie Othiongo's book on the other side yeah. was 
ideological it was honorable and noble because he was trying to bring up a Absolutely. consciousness amongst Absolutely. the people Absolutely. about the government yeah. about their realities and he and and the government realized the power that he had because of the methodology that he was using yeah. he was writing for the people by um, setting the book in context that were um, relatable yes. in a language that was relatable yeah. and with characters that were reflective reflective of the African people absolutely